What's going on, sports fans? Welcome back to the Go Run A Route podcast. I'm Byron, that's Keaton, and Byron, or Keaton, okay? Apparently gonna talk to myself here. Keaton, on this most recent episode of Go Run A Route Live, I promised to do the Toad voice to end the show, and I didn't do it. Are you opposed to me doing it right now? Um, I'll redo no. the intro in the Toad voice. Please do that. We should gotcha. yeah, go ahead and do that. All right, I'm going to turn the volume down on my mic so I don't, like, blow it out. What's going on, sports fans? And welcome back to the Go Run Around podcast! You're yeah, so that's that. how we're doing that. He's actually going to do that the whole time. Um, I Hey, if I have to do the show alone next week, Keaton might be gone next week for the shows. If I have to do the shows alone next week, I will do the entire Go run around live in the toad voice. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Michael will never allow us on the platform ever again. No, he will not. Yeah. No. But today's no. episode, we are going to be looking forward to the first full week of NFL action. Uh, we're going to do a brief little recap of Thursday night football. Fantastic game. Um, just don't want to dwell on it too much because I'm sure everyone and their dog talked about it already. But we're going to do a quick preview of what's coming up this weekend as well and kind of give you some of our picks and predictions. I don't think we should go over every game, Keaton. There are certain games that, like, specifically I'm not real worried about. Uh, one right. of which was Monday Night Football, although you told me you have something good for that one. So I, I do, and for those uh, who might theoretically be listening to this and also happen to listen to Nec Necessary Roughness last night, on the halftime app uh you actually know why uh and the reason for that is that i actually uh, uh this was one of my sleeper uh games i actually think the raiders win this game and i am i understand that i am among the few in that regard uh very very much in the in, in within the few however the reason for this is obviously marcus peters is hurt uh, if you're wanting, if you are the Ravens defense and you want to slow down Darren Waller, how do you do it? Marcus Peters. Uh, you understand the Ravens when they play the Chiefs. Marcus Peters and Travis Kelsey go at it every single play. Uh, they just decide they are not playing Marcus Peters outside anymore, and they just put him right on the tight end every time. And by the way, that's why Kansas City wins every time because Marlon Humphrey isn't nearly as fast <laughs> as Marcus Peters, and so McCole Hardman just burns Marlon Humphrey every right. single time. Right. Um, so I think that puts them at a huge disadvantage altogether because now I don't, I really don't believe they actually have a particular individual on that Ravens defense like that, that can just go one-on-one -on -one with Darren Waller all day long. Mm -hmm. uh, I also, uh, I also believe that the Raiders actually may be able to play better at ball control now uh, due to some running back complications that we're all familiar with at this point, uh, then the Ravens will. I actually think that Josh Jacobs may literally control this game um, in a lot of in a lot of cases, and play action will be absolutely key because of the exact reason I just mentioned with Darren Waller. Uh, run the ball until you can't anymore, and then play action the heck out of them. And by the way, as you highlighted, whoever the next guy up. Uh, for the Ravens at corner is definitely not Marcus uh, Marcus Peters caliber. So if there is a game for Henry Ruggs to really show out uh, that speed, as you mentioned with Nicole Hardman, this is it. Um, so as much as I don't like the Raiders and what they have done to build this roster, uh, I think, you know, Derek Carr finds ways to keep them competitive in a lot of games that really they shouldn't be. Mm -hmm. Right. And he doesn't give enough credit for that. Um, I think this is a game that actually legitimately could be a Raiders win in the end because I think that they just have less question marks now. As you know, I, again, as of as of last week, this time the Ravens were in, in my playoff picture. I think they're going to be competing for the for the title in the division, and uh, certain avenues of that I'm kind of rethinking right now because I just don't know. I don't trust the Devonte Freeman, Le'Veon Bell show that they're about to whip out. Uh, on short notice and whatever Williams, the undrafted running back. I don't, I don't buy into that kind of stuff. 
uh, Lamar has enough trouble um, consistently being able to pass. And if there is no consistent run game to go with him, that's a problem. Mm-hmm. Now it's all on it. Everything you got on. And I mean, honestly, if you're the Raiders at this point, now all you got to do is literally designate your fastest guy on defense to shadow the heck out of Lamar Jackson all day long. And you're going to have a, a whole lot easier of a time now. No, yeah, I actually completely agree. Um, like, especially with Marcus Peters' injury, that is a huge deal for them. Like, yes. them not having a running back is a huge deal, right? That, like, Absolutely. that's a big problem for them. But losing Marcus Peters, like, that's the big issue. And, and like, it's not like he's going to be gone a couple of weeks. That's an ACL. From what I understand, it's an ACL tear. So he's gone rest of the season. Yes. So Baltimore, like, defensively, any team can do whatever they want to you at this point. Right. right? They the, the run just opened up. The pass just opened up, especially some tight end good teams. I don't really have your schedule here pulled up. Let me pull it up. Um, of course, you play Kansas City in week two, right? <laughs> that's not going to go well for you. Nope. You play no, Denver no. week four, that's not going well for you. I'd go as far as to say Detroit week three isn't going for, well for you. Week five, Indianapolis. Week six, Los Angeles Chargers. Week seven, at least you get the Bengals. You could go 0-6 to start your season without Marcus Peters. Yeah. And, and like... Like, yes, the next guy up should be able to come up and handle it, but you're going to have to adjust your entire defensive scheme to not having Marcus Peters, which is just not the game plan the Ravens have, right? They have Marcus Peters locked up for seasons and seasons and seasons. Yep. Their defense is kind of predicated on the fact that you can't pass against Marlon Humphrey and Marcus Peters. Yep. So, honestly, I have removed the Ravens from my playoff picture at this point because i just don't i don't see a way that they can survive without that and like i said i haven't even really mentioned they don't have a running back right (laughs) they just signed Devontae freeman and Le'Veon bell Le'Veon bell the guy who couldn't make the andy reed system work right right you're not going to plug him into the jim harbaugh no it's john out there isn't it John, yes. John Harbaugh, Lamar Jackson offense, and see way more success. You're probably going to see even less success in that system because he's yeah. not an option quarterback, at least or running back. At least Devontae Freeman can kind of run the option, but yeah. like genuinely, is that the guy you want kind of running your option? Right. The, uh, like everything about this game, like screams, this is a shellacking. Because on top of that, Las Vegas front four isn't formidable, but Max Crosby will still kill somebody if he wants to. Oh, absolutely. And, like, yeah, they got rid of a lot of their speed defensive backs, but do you have to have a lot of speed to handle Sammy Watkins? No. Right? Like, this, I think it's it's not even going to be close, but then I think everyone's going to blow this win up for the Raiders uh, before they get absolutely demolished the next few weeks. Yeah, no, I, I, I'm, I'm with you. I, I, I think, uh, I mean, I, I highlighted at the end of Necessary Roughness that nobody should ever take betting advice from me, but I mm-hmm. truly believe the Raiders might be the best value bet this entire weekend. Oh, yeah. Um, 100%. Here, I'm, I'm curious. I'm going to pull up the spread uh, from FanDuel in case anyone's wondering. I get all of my information from FanDuel bets if it wants to load nfl monday night the the ravens are still actually favored they are favored by three and a half points on monday uh, I, would, I would i would wager that that probably drops to one by game time possibly i mean i really i really think it's going to be a draw essentially is what it's going to be isn't it isn't it in baltimore or is it in las vegas it's in las vegas it's in okay. the it's in the death star that's, that's really surprising then that they still have it favored that much right uh like 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 keaton said don't take betting advice from us right like <laughs> we're just two dudes on the internet slam the raiders yes with the spread because not um, only is that raiders uh, you know, you get the points if the Raiders win. If the Raiders lose by less than three and a half points, you still get it. 
And if the Ravens win, they're absolutely going to win by a field goal. Right. 100%. Right. Slam yep. the Raiders with three and a five. Yep. But let's get into, let's get out of that game here. All right. And let's get into Sunday's matchups. The morning bracket, or the, I guess the noon bracket, we're in, we're in central time. The noon bracket only really has one game I'm extremely interested in. Um, uh, two. I'll give you two. That is Pittsburgh and Buffalo, and then the Chargers at Washington. The Chargers at Washington, this is a game of, like, this could be a extremely dark horse Super Bowl, <laughs> Super Bowl preview. <laughs> In the next few years, we could be talking about this as a potential Super Bowl ma- matchup, right? If If the Chargers continue to build like they should be, and if Washington can kind of finish up uh completing their offense this can be a super bowl in the next few years but for week one justin herbert you had a great rookie season show me you aren't going in a sophomore slump against one of the best defensive lines in football right yeah um i think i think sometimes we can get a little overly hyped on the chargers but i do truly believe that a new head coach in that system um, they won seven games last year. Uh, I could easily see them getting to 10. I think it just kind of depends on, uh, like you said, whether, whether Herbert hits the snag, um, or if he continues his trajectory. I mean, the reality is even if he hits a snag, we're still talking about a guy that's probably, uh, you know, his, his ceiling right now is probably Josh Allen level, right? Mm-hmm. Um, very similar style of player anyway. Um, so that's a pretty easy comparison, but I honestly, I, the thing is, if, if, if the, if LA is able to score in this game, it's over. If they find a way to score, I don't trust Fitzpatrick worth a crap, man. I really don't. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I mean, no disrespect to him, but I thought he looked really rusty and just, so like eh, this preseason. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, and and keep in mind that he was he was seeing a lot of second you know second stringers because a lot of teams were not playing guys. Um, Antonio Gibson's fantastic. Terry McLaurin's fa- fantastic. Um, they've got plenty of weapons. Logan Thomas is really good. Uh, the offensive line's actually pretty stout now. The defense obviously is very stout. Special teams very good. This is a Ron Rivera team. They're going to be, mm-hmm. but we we also have to understand that they go they go as far as the quarterback does, like so many teams out there. I mean, you saw even what the Panthers were with Ron Rivera when Cam was not available. There was a huge difference. Um, and so I I, <clears throat> I have I believe I picked the Chargers to win this game. Um. But I agree. It kind of depends on whether the Chargers defense is going to take that next step with with a defensive coach that they have, uh, a new scheme, and uh, which really should be good. We know what the Rams defense looks like. Aaron Donald aside, they're still very very good. Um, mm-hmm. So, you know, we'll see. He's supposed to be the the McVeigh of defense. So we'll see how that goes. Right, um, but like. You, you mentioned Washington's offense and like they're only going to go as far as their offense or as far as their quarterback. For me, this team has the potential that the 49ers team from a couple of years ago had, right? Such a talented defense that's going to keep them in pretty much any game they want to. Yeah. And like an offense that besides quarterback is also extremely talented. You know, um, think about that. Um, that 49ers team, you had Raheem Mostert. Um, man, I for, I'm i'm blanking on the wide receivers name that they had that they ran a bunch of speed options with um but like antonio gibson terry mclaurin uh they have curtis samuel if curtis samuel can get healthy they have a pretty talented uh skill positions or players at skill positions yeah so i wouldn't be surprised if they actually really do surprise me there's always there's been a team the last quite a few seasons to always start like a long undefeated streak 
I wouldn't be surprised if Washington is that team this year. Um, Because especially you also think about the team that did it last year was Pittsburgh, right? If we're going to talk about a bad quarterback situation, Pittsburgh has one of the worst right now, right? And and I would argue that Terry McLaurin is definitely better than Juju Smith-Schuster is, right? right? James Conner was a crap running back. Right. He after that after that initial season of taking over for Le'Veon Bell, he didn't do anything. Right. Antonio Gibson, Curtis Samuel open up the offense much more than Chase Claypool and James Conner did. This team is better, way better than last year's Pittsburgh Steelers that went eleven and zero to start the season. I would not be surprised if Washington really surprises some people and comes out of the gate with a lot of wins. Um, I I do take washington actually to win this game and you you mentioned the uh the bills and the steelers Uh, i i look forward to that game too um Mm -hmm. i think that's really where the thing about this and the thing that's actually really fantastic i think you know you know i'm not i have not been very high on on roethlisberger by any means Uh, i think he's been along for the ride for a long time he was given probably the the best slew of offensive weapons probably you know this decade uh for several years uh and antonio brown Le'Veon bell um and uh and really even before all that i mean it there's just been tons of them, okay um and even Juju Smith-Schuster uh and Le'Veon for a while i mean like that they, they he's had tons of like all-star level Pro Bowl caliber weaponry uh, and has never been able to take that over the hump. But what I do see a little bit differently this year is is how the way that he defended T.J. Watt made me look at him a little bit differently. And for those who aren't aware, that's he uh, Ben Roethlisberger basically came out and said, you have to pay this man. This is the reason why you know Ben Roethlisberger took a pay cut this year something he's never done before, uh, at least at, at that magnitude. He's always been a money guy. He kind of wants his uh, fairly kind of puts a bit of a selfish kind of uh, look on him. But this is different. And he's finally taking the team-oriented, team-first approach. And I actually think that, that kind of changes the overall outlook possibly of the entire offense, really, because it changes the mood. It's no longer been in, in a bag of tricks. It's, you know, we are a team. We are going to try to win as a team. We're going to put this together. Now with the Ravens falling off kind of a cliff here, mm-hmm. uh, I think this is a prime opportunity for Pittsburgh to take advantage of it. Oh, definitely. Now, start, not... start closing in on a wild card spot 100%. Absolutely. Now I I have I do have the Bills winning this game I believe, mm-hmm. just because I think if if they can get it in a shootout I don't trust Ben in that situation. And they do they do have an improved running uh, rushing uh, attack in Buffalo as well with Zach Moss and and uh, Singletary, so I actually think that they will be able to kind of manage that game. They really are a little bit more dimensional all all across the board offensively. Uh, I don't know how much I trust the defense, but again, I'm not really worried about it except for not, you know, maybe Najee Harris. Now I'm not overly concerned, uh, you know, about Ben just going out and hurling it around the yard. Cause I think if they do that, Buffalo is going to win. Cause they're going to get a lot of uh, turnovers. Right. Um, uh, one game I do want to bring up from that noon slot that you're talking about is actually the Colts and the Seahawks. Okay. Yeah. Uh, the reason being is it's the return of wins. And I am very, very interested to see what that looks like. We saw what uh, Dak looked like with zero uh, preseason work. Wentz did have a little bit before his, uh, you know, injury stuff popped up. Mm-hmm. I want to see what this looks like, especially against a team that is very solid and consistent in the Seahawks. We already know what they are. They're they're offensively, they should be very, very sound. So I want to see, you know, I kind of expect the the Colts to maybe get behind a little bit early, but I kind of want to see what what Wentz and company can do, uh, trying to keep up with the production that Russell Wilson and, and Chris Carson and Matt Calf and Lockett and all those guys uh, put together. Um, 
because I think that's going to kind of help us start to see maybe you know a little bit better what the what the uh, AFC South division is going to look like, especially at the top. Um, and especially because the Titan the Titans do play Arizona in that noon spot, so yeah. like they could take an early loss, and we could yes. we could definitely see the Colts take an early lead in the division. Yeah. I mean, Jackson, yep. Jacksonville and Houston play, so like one of them is going to be tied with you in the division although your hope should be that it's Houston, but like they could definitely take an early lead, which like you can definitely ride into the playoffs. Yeah. Which by the way, I have the Texans winning that game. Uh, Yeah, no, I'd agree. I'd agree. The, the, the Trevor Lawrence coming out the gate. I expect that to be a bit bumpy. We'll put it that way. Mm-hmm. Um, and I trust the consistency and the experience of Tyrod Taylor. And, and they honestly, they actually have some running backs, man. They got the Marvin or uh, Mark Ingram's in town, uh, David Johnson. Uh, they got Philip Lindsay from, from Denver's in town. I mean, they, they've got a really nice crew of running backs right now. And with, uh, and like Brandon cooks. Yeah. Brandon yeah. cooks is old, but sure. like, <laughs> you could run a pretty solid option offense out there in Houston. I know I'm talking about option offenses in the NFL, like sure. (laughs) But like Tyrod Taylor definitely can run the option offense. Um, Philip Lindsay and Mark Ingram are two guys who can put their shoulder down and run downhill really well. Um, David Johnson is that guy too. They, they, they also have, they, they're the team that landed Anthony Miller from the bears. Mm Mm-hmm. And that was a situation of the Bears just simply didn't want to pay him. Right. Uh, they have Chris Conley. They have uh, Danny Mandola. I mean, they, they do have some decently experienced guys in the receiving group, too. So you could really – and let's also keep in mind that David Coley was in town when Andy Reid put the Alex Smith system together, okay? Mm-hmm. And it it works. It can be productive. Now, they definitely don't have the, the, the defensive uh, – artillery that the chiefs had at that point in time uh, eric barry and company but if they can at least keep games close they they might be able to seriously snag some things just by playing consistent football and i think that's one thing they could actually do pretty well offensively yeah no like the the houston defense couldn't stop a toddler but the houston (laughs) offense could be that alex smith consistent Mm -hmm. that could at least like if they end up in some sort of a close game could help hold them into not going 0 in 17, right? Um, It's just going to come down to coaching and whether or not you trust Coley and the notoriously bad Houston Texans coaching staff. Um, Which by the way, I trust Coley a whole lot more than urban Meyer right now. So, Oh, that's fair. That's 100% <laughs> you know I mean? fair. <laughs> in, in comparison, I'm taking the quarterback and the head coach. So that's, you know, that's where I'm at right now. No, yeah, I 100% would take Houston to win this game, especially because I just don't trust Urban. He, he, like, I think he gets one season to do very badly this year, and then he gets next season where he gets fired. Um, You mentioned, I'm going to go down the list here. Uh, When you're talking about uh, Pittsburgh and the Bills, I take the Bills. Again, don't take betting advice from us. We're two dudes on the internet. Pound the under on this match because this is going to be a very defensively active game. Both of these teams are going to just get all over each other, get all up in the pocket. This is one of those games that like feels like it takes eight hours to resolve. Um, even though like I'm a big defensive guy. I like defense. I like watching defense. That's why I played it in high school. But like this is going to be one of those games that's like three to seven. Right, it's it's going to be the first team to score touchdown wins, um, and I kind of trust Buffalo a bit more there, yeah. mostly because I trust Stefan Diggs a bit more there. Um, if if Pittsburgh had addressed their real offensive issue this offseason, which was offensive line, I think maybe I'm I think I lean more towards Pittsburgh, but. They didn't. They drafted Najee Harris in the first round because, yes, the problem that was keeping James Conner from getting success was definitely the running back, definitely not the problem with the front five. But with them not addressing that, I'm taking a Buffalo team that, like you said, really did ramp up their pass rush uh, this offseason. When it comes to Seattle and Indianapolis, 
I think Indianapolis is ready. I think they're going to start, start the season hot. But Seattle always starts the season hot as well. Um, it, but that's normally when you guys need to get to see the faults in the Seattle defense. They normally kind of shore those up a little bit towards the end of the season. Um, and it, it does all come down to Wentz. It all comes down to whether or not Wentz is the MVP we thought he was a couple seasons. Um, I'm going to put my money on yes. If I put my money on it, but like, like for me, this is a draw. This is a game that like, I'm not willing to say 100% yes or no on anything of, um, this is one of those games could go either way. Yeah. Let's go into the afternoon block that 325 block for us. Uh, a lot of big games. (laughs) We start, let's start with Miami going to new England. Who do you have and why? Uh, so I kind of battle back and forth with this one. Um, I, I, when it all comes down to everything, I look across the board because I can't really get into the quarterback stuff. Mac Jones and two are very much alike at this rate. They're very young. They're very, they will probably be inconsistent. You know, we're not really, um, sure what Tua is anyway, and we have no idea what Mac is. So. Um, but when I look at defense and special teams across the board, they actually are fairly similar. Uh, but I do honestly have the Dolphins in this game because I think that uh, I think that uh, there's there's an opportunity here for Tua with a whole lot more weaponry than what Mac has got to actually make some plays where I think Mac might not be able to against this defense in, uh, in Miami. Mm-hmm. Um, I kind of went back and forth. I think this is pretty close to a draw, too, because I think Mac will manage the offense just fine. Um, but I'm betting on on maybe one extra turnover that won't be there the opposite direction that will end up costing New England the game. Um, so I do go the Dolphins. I really – like, I can go I, – I could easily switch that in an instant. But um, – I, I do think that defensively and special teams-wise, Flores has that thing on a, on a queue right now. Um, we're just kind of waiting to see if Tua can figure figure some things out. And if if he does, if he actually – if he outperforms Mac, they will win. That's mm-hmm. how I look at it. If he, if he stumbles and looks absolutely terrible, they obviously lose. Um, but I'm going to – in that particular case, I'm going to bet that Tua outplays Mac – so I have to take uh, Miami in that case. Right. And um, this is another game where I pound the under because this is going to be a 20 point game total total. I, I don't know what, I don't know what the plus under or plus minus is. Let me hold on. Going back to FanDuel. FanDuel makes its second appearance on the show ever. And the second appearance on this episode. And it is. Uh, let me see here. I'm losing it. It's not even here. Well, hold on. It's just not here. <laughs> it does not exist. Oh, there it is. Okay. Uh, plus minus is 43 points. Uh, 43 and a half to be exact. Pound the other because under because neither the like these are not two teams that are going to score 21 points against each other and then some. Um. You know, you kind of mentioned that, like, this is going to come down to which quarterback has more control of their offense, and yep. it might come down to one ill-timed turnover. And if we're talking about an ill-timed turnover, I lean towards New England <laughs> because, right. like, that's the defense I trust to make things happen in clutch time. Um, I do think Mac Jones probably fits into his offense better than Tua fits into theirs currently. He does. The only thing with the turnover thing that I think I I look at a little bit differently is the fact that Stephon Gilmore is not playing. That's true. I I do absolutely think that matters, Um, Mm -hmm. especially against against a a quarterback that hasn't really probably identified, you know, just the avenues you absolutely completely avoid when you're playing New England, which is anywhere Stephon Gilmore is. Right. Um, 
but there again, I, I believe that the offensive line is, is better in, in Miami, which they're actually fairly comparable, but I actually think the, the weaponry and the pieces around Tua are a lot better. Um, so I think schematically that opens some things up a lot better. Uh, New England, we, we still are dealing with the, the receiver issues, and, and we didn't we didn't see any of their actual starting receivers this preseason. Mm-hmm. None of them. Didn't see it. All of their new signings, they just did not bring them out. Didn't see the new tight ends, you know? We have no idea what that looks like. The only thing we know for sure is that they have about 75 running backs you could wheel out and without a without a, a, a tripping on anything, so – like right. I said, I can go either way with it because I see your point and I completely agree with you. I believe Mac actually does fit better, but I just, you know, on a singular play, I'm just going to assume that I think that Tua, with the experience he has, can make said play happen, and that would be more likely than Mac doing that, if that makes sense. That that's real. That's literally it. <laughs> that's the defining line for it. That's possible. Yeah, that's 100 percent true. Um, again, don't take betting advice from us, but also, like, uh, whatever the sack total is for New England, like, slam the over. Because they are going to be all over Tua Tungavailoa. And Tua Tungavailoa is, like, that inexperienced quarterback who, if he even thinks he's being pressured, starts to run. Yes. And you get punished for doing that in, in yep. New England, right? And this is in New England. I know what you're thinking. Oh, boy, another ad. I love when people sell me things. I honestly applaud your enthusiasm for commercials and hope that you keep that energy as I tell you about our brand new shop at Borderfield Sports. Our apparel store at BorderfieldSports.com features not only the highest quality clothing, but some of the best designs in sports merchandise. We've worked with several top-of-the-line graphic artists and designers and are building up lines of merchandise that far exceed the quality of the competition. And for our Go Roundup Route listeners, we have a special deal. Go to borderfieldsports.com forward slash shop and enter code GRAR10 at checkout to receive 10% off your total order. That is GRAR, G-R-A-R, 10, 1, 0, for 10% off your total order. Our shop helps us continue to build Borderfield Sports and deliver fearlessly opinionated content for anyone to read. And by picking something up from the store, you become part of our movement to take over the sports journalism world. Again, that's G-R-A-R-1-0 at checkout for 10% off your total order. Thanks for listening. Let's get back to the show. Yep. Um, Another big game. I know it's a team you're keeping your eyes on. Green Bay goes to New Orleans. So I, I definitely, I definitely think that Green Bay wins this game. Mm-hmm. Um, this is the beginning of Rogers revenge tour. Um, so I, unfortunately for the saints, the, uh, Jameis train is going to slow down a bit to start off. Um, I do think it will be interesting though, because I, I don't think green Bay's defense, I mean, their, their, their pass rush is good, but I'm kind of iffy on, on the coverage options they have. Uh, so it does hurt that Michael Thomas is not playing, but I do think that they have a lot of speed right now. Uh, with the receivers they do have. Uh, Traquan Smith is a real big speed guy down the field. Uh, and they, they've, uh, I forgot what his, what his last name is, but the, the number one that, that uh, Jameis seemed to just be absolutely magnetized to in the preseason. Uh, both of, that's your starting combo. Uh, and if what you see in the preseason is what you're going to kind of see in the, in the regular season from, from that grouping, I, I think that they're very underrated. Uh, so I think it definitely could be interesting because I, I think the Saints defense is much better than the than Green Bay's overall. Uh, and I, uh, as I, as we've talked about before, I think Jameis is going to surprise a lot of people this year. Uh, so mm-hmm. if this gets into a shootout, this could be one of like a, uh, you know, this could end up being the, the biggest shootout of the week right here. Yeah. Uh, when it comes down to it. Cause I mean, if, if Jameis is anything, man, that guy can really get into some shootouts. So he's all about that. Um, and, and New Orleans has the offensive line to where I'm not really worried that Green Bay is going to get all over him, even though Green Bay has a fantastic defensive front seven, especially with the Smith brothers. Um, because like, if you can get a lot of pressure on Jameis Winston, 
I'm gonna start leaning towards seeing old Jameis Winston come back. Yes, yeah, right. But like, I think I think New Orleans has a solid enough uh, offensive line that we're not gonna see that too much, and we might actually get that shootout you're kind of le- you're talking about. Mm-hmm. Uh, but in shootouts, I'm 100% taking Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> right, absolutely, 100%. Aaron Rodgers, Devontae Adams, 100%. I'm taking that. Um, although we can talk about the fact that Green Bay can just slow this game down and just not have to play New Orleans, right? They have Aaron Jones, who is by a mile better than Alvin Kamara, even though Alvin Kamara is fairly good. Um, They can just run, 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 run over and over and over again. And I don't really think New Orleans has something to stop that. Like their defensive front four is okay at best on the edges though. Like if you go straight down the middle of New Orleans defensive line, you're, you're getting five yards. Um, (laughs) So, like, I would look out for that. This could either be a shootout or New or Green Bay just handling the clock the entire time and trying to go home. Yeah. yeah um, yeah. it's worth noting this isn't played in New Orleans, is it? No, I think it's in Dallas, isn't it? Or or uh, I think it's in Texas somewhere. Was where? They yeah, it's, it's somewhere this. else. Let me. Yeah, let me look at this. Uh, Jacksonville. It's being played in Jacksonville. Really? That's a interesting. Place yeah, that, that like you could have gone it? any way, but you went that direction. Like that didn't make any sense. Yeah, no. Um, especially because Dallas is like they had a home, they had an away game already. Like right, Dallas would have been your would have been the perfect spot for that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, the other thing is that I, I believe, I, really, in that particular case, I almost would have called St. Louis. Yeah, uh, St. Louis has a has you know a stadium. I mean? I mean, that's that's a free shot for a. You don't have to mess with scheduling. You can just host all of your home games there. I mean, it's either way. You're moving home fans aways, but and from still, what I understand, they're going to have to move quite a few games this year, oh, yeah. uh, because of Hurricane Elda. Mm-hmm. Um, it, like yeah, I'm not traveling to Jacksonville every time I want to play. Call up St. Louis. Call up even the University of Arkansas. Isn't that far? Um, and they have a pretty good stadium out there. So, I don't understand the decision to do this game in Jacksonville, but it's whatever. I guess we don't get paid a million bucks to do Roger Goodell stupid things. Hey, James um, is going to be real close to his familiar zone here. I mean, look out. Oh, yeah, he went to FSU, didn't he? He'll get a good six touchdowns, six interception game on there, and <laughs> it'll break some more records. And it is worth noting, though, no team likes playing week one in Jacksonville. No. Right? You're taking, no. You are taking a Midwest team in Green Bay and making them play a week one game in Jacksonville after or during hurricane season? Like, we saw in Tampa you're Bay. New Orleans out of a dome. Right. We saw in, uh, in Tampa Bay on Thursday, players took the field for the national anthem and already started sweating. Right? They were drenched in sweat before the game even started. Like, that's what humidity and that's what, like, everything is like in Florida for week one games. This could just be an awful game. <laughs> like, like we can we can talk about everything. This game can just be awful because of everything else. But... Let's talk about the afternoon game that everyone's paying attention to. Everyone's talking about it. I'm pretty sure it's the game everyone's getting on their television. The Browns are going to Kansas City. This is my AFC title game. I know it's not yours, but it's mine, and it's a lot of people's. <laughs> yep. um, who do you have and why? <laughs> Although, um, weird question, right? Because I, I know you know the AL guys. Um do we do we have an update? Did did Tyron Matthew test negative today? Because I know AL said yesterday that he tested positive according to their source. Do you have any information on that today? I do not have any additional updates other than that. I am I am under the impression he is not going to play. Okay. So uh that's not for sure. They still have a little bit of time, but the thing is you gotta test positive you gotta test negative twice in 24 hours. They're they're <clears throat> And they have to test him at four by three. I believe it was three central tomorrow. Mm-hmm. So uh, if he tested positive today, he's out, basically. Although with us not hearing anything, like us not hearing definitively from Coach Reed, yeah, he's out. Um, maybe he test he went ahead and tested negative, and they're re- being really optimistic about tomorrow. 
either um, that or they're either that or they know he's not, but they're trying to keep that quiet so Cleveland doesn't know that until last minute or as late as they can hold it. I mean, there, there's two, there's there's multiple ways to look at that, but either way, um, I I I uh, uh, everyone will be shocked here. I do take the Chiefs. Mm-hmm. Um, the reason the reason for it is fairly simple i think in my mind um for what it's worth i think the defense will be okay mm-hmm. i really do i mean matthew's very very good but i think i think especially in the third preseason game some of the things we started to see from thornhill gives me a positive outlook on that uh, because i truly believe that should we be in that position Sorensen doesn't change spots he does what he does uh, and Thornhill would fill in that gap uh, for this game, um, which that's essentially, if you if you look at it, that's also where they played him most of the third preseason game, and he actually looked pretty good. Uh, was that was that back end safety? Um, I, so I think that that really isn't gonna. I'm not gonna worry about that because of the teams in the NFL. If you're you should you sh- Cleveland is not a team to worry too heavily about deep balls. Mm-hmm. So I'm not. If there were a game where we had to play a playoff caliber team, this is probably the one I want to play. Uh, maybe, maybe Baltimore. If you know next week, for I mean, maybe you know Baltimore. Even before their current state of not, not having running backs, would be one that I would be okay with. Um, but you know, I'm okay with this. The other thing is that uh, Cleveland likes a ton of play action. Well, what what is one thing about play action? Uh, if you have now that we have the the middle of the defensive line kind of kind of shored up a bit more uh, than we have in, in recent years, um, I think that that that's going to limit that rushing attack a bit more. Also, having Nick Bolton in tow is going to limit that a bit more. Because Absolutely. If Hitchens and Bolton together are anything, man, they are guys that are going to stop some things running up the a gaps. Okay, so. Uh, I understand there's some trickery that Cleveland can pull off from time to time, but uh, with play action, the thing is, if you can plug up that lane, what you're going to do is that play action is going to give Chris Jones some time. Play action gives time. Mm -hmm. Chris Jones doesn't need a lot of it in a lot of cases, but I am looking forward to Baker rolling right. We'll just put it that way, okay? Oh, yeah. Uh, Chris Jones is going to be waiting there with arms open wide, as they say. And it's worth uh, noting, like, like Baker Mayfield, I, th- I give him more credit than I think you do, but Baker Mayfield sucks when it comes to rolling out. PA rollouts, not Baker's thing. He is going to get decimated by Chris Jones on one of those. Because 100%, you have to call those. Right? Oh, yeah. You can't just keep running and running and running and running and then do some shotgun passes because yep. Kansas City loves the blitz. Mm-hmm. Uh, like you said, Nick Bolton, Willie Gay is out, likely, mm-hmm. likely out. Uh, so Nick Bolton's going to get a ton of playing time. Oh, yeah. Anthony Hitchens is already going to get a ton of playing time. They are going to eat the A gap, yep. right? And then you're yep. just kind of hoping that the rest of the offensive li- or defensive line is as good as it showed off this preseason, kind of to decimate the run. They're going to have to implement some play action. That way they can't just keep committing to the run. And when you do that, Chris Jones is coming around the corner to come get you, yep. right? Your best option should be to roll out towards frank clark if frank clark's playing it's potential that he's missing as well yeah. again shocker um like <laughs> you should roll out towards frank clark then you're throwing across your body and the chiefs have shown that like this preseason for some reason their secondary got ultimately better like yeah, yeah. you brought in mike hughes but deandre baker showed that he was the first round pick that everyone thought he was when he was drafted uh legerious need dropped several interceptions this offseason Traverius Ward is still Traverius Ward. It's whatever. But, like, he actually normally has a fairly good September. Like, yes, like you said, like, the safeties are going to be in without Tyron. But, like, are you really worried about those with Baker Mayfield? Well, and so the one aspect I'll tell you that I am concerned about as far as Cleveland's offense goes, <clears throat> and this especially if Tyron Matthew is out, uh, is the fact that we will then be missing both Matthew and Gay. Mm-hmm. And where that comes into play is I believe Kareem Hunt could have one of the days of his life uh, because 
both of those guys in particular are key to stopping running back passing attacks, uh, screen passes, things like that. And that is something Cleveland utilizes a lot. I, as good as Bolton is, as good as – I mean, Hitchens is – for what he is, he's actually – he's not bad. He's not terrible. Uh, he's just he's just limited. We'll put it that way. He's, he's the Alex Smith of linebackers, okay? Um, but the problem is you're going to see a lot of Ben Neiman mm-hmm. uh, as your coverage linebacker, and I don't love that. Um yeah, it is what it is. It, September it defenses worse. already suck at tackling, and Ben Neiman is the worst at tackling to begin yep. with. So, like, yep. and you're you're uh, battling Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt, dudes who like eat arm tackles for breakfast. Yeah, right. Which I guess in that particular case, you may see a lot more of of Dan Sorensen than even you usually do because of this, because mm-hmm. you are missing mm-hmm. that speed. Um, so. I think they have options. Uh, the other thing, and I, I'll, I'll kind of leave it with this offensively, because, um, you know, Cleveland's defense is pretty stout, right? And yeah. they're led by Miles Garrett, not a joke, not a game. I will tell you this, though. They better line him up on the right side of the offensive line, because if they line him up on the left, Orlando Brown is the highest rated tackle in the NFL going against Miles Garrett. Yeah. So yeah, he has that experience. <laughs> you better play him on the other side because you are not going anywhere if you put him over there. You're just shutting that whole thing down. And again, Browns, like I, I have said, this was the Browns' worst week one game possible on their yeah, schedule, right? Good. This team is built in every way, shape, and form to beat the Browns. Yes. Orlando Brown, and again, like you're like, oh yeah, he should line up on the right side so he can end up against uh, Lucas Nyang. If he does that... I 100% guarantee you that Orlando Brown was all over Lucas Nyang this week. Like, hey, this is what he does. This mm-hmm. is how he does it. This mm-hmm. is how you handle it. Because Orlando Brown played that position. And you want to know the most bonkers thing possible? If the Kansas City Chiefs just decided to, they could flip Nyang and uh, Brown for a couple plays so that Brown can just go handle Miles Garrett every now and then if Miles Garrett wants to move around the field. This offensive line is built to handle this Browns defensive line. Yeah. Um, and again, I have kind of, I've talked about this offseason. Travis Kelsey is going to have a down year because Kansas City doesn't necessarily need him when the offensive line is going to do as well as I think as it's going to do. Yeah. But this is a game where he's going to eat. Jeremiah Owasu called him out. You don't <laughs> call out the best tight ends in the league. You don't call out the best players in the league. They kill you for that. Yeah. Uh, Travis Kelsey is going to have a great game. Tyreek Hill, I think, is going to have a great game. Like, if the if the Browns are weak anywhere, it's linebackers and safeties. Oh no, the things that Kansas City attack most commonly. I even think Clyde Edwards-Hilaire is going to have a great game because yeah. the middle part of the Cleveland defensive line isn't wonderful. And honestly, like that's what Kansas City is going to do. They're going to be like, run, run, run. Oh, you're coming forward now. Pass, pass. Oh, you le- run, run. Like Kansas City is going to show you in this game what they plan on doing all season long. And it's going to be annoying. It's going to be frustrating for the Browns. And like, I just don't see a situation where the Browns win. If it's a blowout, I take Patrick Mahomes, right? If it's a close game, I take the Chiefs. Again, I take Patrick Mahomes. <laughs> The thing for me is that uh, as far as schematically for the for the, the, the Browns, we just talked about, you know, my, where Miles Garrett is is, is key. Mm-hmm. If they have – this is perfect for Mahomes because uh, Clyde talked about, I believe it was this last week on the radio, he, he spoke about uh, how vital uh, so far this offseason Joe Tooney has been for him because he knows if he gets behind Joe Tooney – it's 10 yards, 10 yards, 10 yards, like every, every single time. Um, which again, highlights the, the perfect scenario here when you are very one dimensional with your defensive line, like, like the Browns are Clowney can have his moments, but I'm not really buying into it. Um, so here's the thing, right? If you, if you, if in fact the Browns decide to line up miles Garrett on along our right side of our offensive line, even if it's a pass, well, what? that's an easy choice for Mahomes. We're changing that play. I'm swinging straight left, and Clyde's going right behind Joe every single time. 
Right. I don't care who else is over there. And the other thing about this too, is you probably, if it were me and if I were scheming to go play uh, the Browns in their current state uh, offensively, that, I mean, it's, it's the time to bust out the 14 personnel, man. We, we are getting three, four tight ends out there and we are just going nuts on it. Why the Browns, as you highlighted linebackers and safeties, their corners are pretty stout. So I'm not going to, yeah. you know, Denzel Ward is, is a, is a very good corner. Denzel, um, don't they have, they have greedy out there still, don't they? Yes, they do. they have greedy. They just got John Johnson, the safety. So they do have one safety. That's pretty good. Uh, but the reason why I'm going so many tight ends is because they lack, they all lack in size, the linebackers and safeties of the Browns and even the corners, honestly, lack in size. They don't have a lot of height. They don't have a lot of, uh, of strength out there. Uh, so I'm going to utilize the size of these guys and I'm just going to go everywhere with it. Keep mm-hmm. some, keep some end to, to block, uh, help block uh, Miles Garrett if you need to from time to time. Uh, I mean, Blake Bell would be perfect for that. Get Blake Bell out there, line him right up, and keep Kelsey and Fortson or whoever you you know Noah Gray out out wide somewhere. Uh, honestly, that's the perfect time to go ahead and get McColl or or Tyreek lined up in the back in the backfield, just freak everybody out. Oh right, Absolutely. we don't even have Clyde out there, or you can even line him out at receiver. We have no idea what's going on. Everybody's out of position. But it's fantastic. Um, Let me tell you, you have inspired me to change my FanDuel lineup. I had a FanDuel lineup for this weekend. I actually had Patrick Mahomes in at quarterback just because I think if he wanted to have a good game, he could have a great game. But I think think 100% you're right. Right. If Miles Garrett is on the left side, you can still pass. And like, I think that's still going to give Tyreek Hill a pretty good game and Travis Kelsey a good game. But if he ends up on the right side, like Patrick Mahomes is just going to be like, I hand the ball off. It's going 10, 20. And Clyde showed that if he can get into open space, he can do some damage. He just never got into open space last year. Right. This is an opportunity for Clyde to get into open space and do some damage, have a great game. I adjusted my lineup. I pulled Patrick Mahomes, went ahead and put Matt Ryan in. They're playing the Eagles. They are playing the Eagles. No one is going to stop Matt Ryan from doing whatever he wants. It's the only game Matt Ryan's going to look good, but he's going to look fantastic this weekend. And then I went ahead and moved in Clyde Edwards Hilaire uh, to take over at running back. I think I had Najee Harris and originally um, this is, this could be Clyde's coming out game. If you remember right week one last year was also Clyde's coming out game. Mm-hmm. Um, so no. Yeah. Like 100%. This is just not a great matchup for the Browns right now. Um, and especially cause it's Andy Reid coming off of a bye. It's the Kansas City Chiefs in September. Like, what else do you not want this to be for you? Um, the Chiefs, the Chiefs, for some reason, the schedule decided to go light on them all of a sudden, despite the fact that originally the schedule looked like it was the wow. hardest at the beginning. Yep. Right? The Ravens um, were there in week two. The Chargers in week three are still probably the hardest game outside of they do play Buffalo at home um, week five. But Kansas City having a pretty nice look at September right now, Um, which I think is important for them uh, to get Clyde Edwards-Flair going, get into the second half of the season or get into the, the second quarter of the season and really start doing some damage with him. Let's talk about the last game we haven't talked about. That is the primetime game, which is the Bears going to the Rams, going to Los Angeles, going to So High. The first game in So High with fans, I believe. Um, that sounds right, but also like California's lockdowns are pretty strict, so I'm not sure if this game has fans. Uh, <laughs> so. The game that might potentially have fans for the first time, potentially, in so high stadium. Um, I I don't think the quarterback for Chicago matters, but I can tell you their choice definitely 100% assured them a loss. Yeah, uh, I, I don't I don't see that going very smoothly for Chicago at all. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean. 
they they have some pieces now. Obviously, I, I'm fond of the coaching. Um, defense is still going to be solid at at, at worst. Um, but I I really do believe that like at the end of the day, it, it's a lack of it's a lack of just continuity offensively, a lack of uh, dynamic playmaking from the quarterback position. I Stafford's arm, despite the fact that Stafford can't really run. Mm-hmm. all that well anymore the arm makes up for all that um so you know in the in the end i you just kind of have to go with the more consistent uh you know more consistency uh, offensively and i don't I, andy dalton is not consistent so i i just yeah. can't buy into that at all um it's it's not it's not even really close uh again the, both those teams will go as the quarterback does uh, and I think that makes that uh, fairly easy to figure out. Right. And a lot of, like I, I was just making a point about Kansas City in September, but a lo- not a lot gets made about Matthew Stafford in September. He's fantastic in September. Yeah. Right. Like his age right. kind of will show towards the end of the season, but towards the beginning of every season, like he still looks 23. Um, and so this offensive line was assembled to protect Jared Goff because Jared Goff can't throw the ball if there's a defender within five yards of him for some reason. Um, so like, that's going to really help them protect him from Khalil Mack, which is the biggest worry on that defensive front. Uh, by the way, I saw a report today. Did you know the Raiders called the bears this off season to try and get them to trade Khalil Mack back? Yes, I saw that. And that is the funniest, that is the funniest thing. Like, uh, we made a mistake. Can we have him back, please? And, like, right. not only the Bears are going to say, you know, absolutely not, but, like, could you imagine Khalil Mack, what he would have to say? Like, this team traded you away for no apparent reason other than Gruden. Like, I- I'm not playing. I'm not playing for the, <laughs> for the Raiders at that point. Um, nope. Although, like, Khalil Mack on this defensive, this Raiders defensive line would be fantastic. Like, it would actually be a piece to build on for them. The, but getting back to the primetime game, the Bears just, their best hope to stay in this game would be to offensively keep up with the Rams. The problem is you're not going to do that with Andy Dalton. I, I don't think you do that with Justin Fields though right now. Like, yes, I think Justin Fields is fantastic. He's athletic. He's going to do a great job. But in your first actual NFL game back, I don't want to play Aaron Donald and Jalen Ramsey absolutely not no absolutely not and so like i think chicago is making a mistake running andy dalton out there justin Fields should probably be the starter even if he's going to get absolutely smacked in this game um i think this was a disappointment of a primetime game right we just had a fantastic primetime game last night um last second field goals last second bad non-calls close game all the way to the end Dak Prescott with a potential shoulder injury throwing 60 passes Tom Brady throwing two interceptions and the NFL was back last night yeah. um, but for us to go right back into snooze fest games <laughs> which is what this is going to be it's going to be a sh- it's going to be a shellacking from the Rams to the Bears um, it's a little disappointing yeah no I agree with you but oh go ahead I I agree. I just don't I don't think it's going to be uh it's just not gonna be close. It's not gonna be worth the investment of time probably that people are gonna give into it, unfortunately. But right. Um, you know, that that's just what it is. I mean, they, they had the opportunity to uh take you know to to fix that by playing Justin Fields, but since they chose not to, it is what it is. And we're it's not gonna look real pretty. Now I do respect the fact that they probably just don't wanna see Justin Fields get thrown around the yard by Aaron Donald for uh, 60 minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, oh, well. No, yeah. And, like, I don't – I'm not very familiar with the Bears' offensive line. Uh, but you ain't stopping Aaron Donald. Nope. You could be the best of the best of the best type. Like, the Steel Curtain, the, the Steelers' Steel Curtain <laughs> from back in the day can't, couldn't stop Aaron Donald. They, right. they, could, they probably would not be able to stop Aaron Donald. No, no, no. But that is about it we have for today's game. Keaton, are there any other games you're keeping an eye on, even for funsies? 
I mean that 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 Cardinals Titans game piques my interest a little bit because I want to see if Kingsbury and, and Murray are kind of on the same page. They did not look very good this preseason, so I want to mm-hmm. see if we're going to see MVP level Murray this year, or if we're going to see a, a you know a, a significant drop off, possibly costing Kingsbury his job. Um, I you know I I would I would have said I would like to see the 49ers against the Lions simply because I would have liked to see Trey Lance in a kind of a freebie game get some experience under his belt see you know what he looks like mm-hmm. uh, in real live action there uh, but we aren't gonna get it I absolutely still obviously expect the 49ers to win that game by a lot <clears throat> but right. um I not not really i mean i am i'm honestly pretty interested in that houston jacksonville game because i kind of want to see both sides i want to see can can houston actually put something competent together Uh, it's not going to be very exciting um and i I, you know uh, on the other end of the spectrum i i do want to see the jets game a little bit too i want to see how zach wilson comes out um I want to see how uh, if if Tony Romo on on come Monday decides to validate his Mahomes comparison there, or if he decides <laughs> to uh, redirect that a bit. It's uh, worth noting that game is also Sam Darnold's first game against the Jets. Yeah, right. Yeah, and and I mean nothing against the the Panthers because I I truly believe they're going to win that game. I just um, it's just kind of hard for me to. Uh, buy into the zach wilson hype so i kind of want to see how that goes um, right it's re- it's not darnold versus wilson so people who try to pin it that way it's not um it's really not that that organization there's tons of organizations out there right now that are failing their quarterbacks mm-hmm. um we can we can go as high as green bay by the way right i mean that's a real thing um we could even say some things uh e- even about uh, the back end of Drew Brees' career in, in New Orleans. Yes, they had they they did have Michael Thomas, and yes, they did have Kamara. But what else did they do? They invested a ton defensively, mm-hmm. but did they invest a ton offensively? I don't really know. Their offensive line at times they did, but the weapons weren't always there. Um, so we can go across the board there. There's very few teams. I mean, the 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 teams that do. Uh, invest heavily around their quarterbacks are the ones that typically make it to these these things called Super Bowls right. um, or at least very close or are projected to get there uh, the Rams Buccaneers Chiefs uh, Bills all teams that have invested around their quarterbacks especially this offseason and and uh, even in years past so uh that that's that's how you win the games you get the quarterback right you build around them uh take notes chicago that's how that works um so yeah i mean we'll see i'm really intrigued in in a lot of different games i'm not gonna say that i'm gonna watch all of them but uh i you know you know me i'm a very quarterback driven guy so i will likely watch every as many snaps of every single quarterback that's available (laughs) right uh come sunday afternoon or sunday evening and then Uh, come tuesday we can talk about them absolutely because i will probably have a lot to say about that monday night game as well so um very that honestly that may be the one game i'm probably most excited for other than the chiefs game that game is going to look be a whole lot more competitive uh than than we thought um and I'm actually interested to see, I mean, seriously, I mean, Derek Carr is, uh, talk about franchises that have failed their quarterbacks, man. That Yeah, absolutely. That guy is the only thing on that roster outside of Josh Jacobs. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, uh, and even Josh Jacobs, I mean, he's, what, what some people like to toot the, the, the hype train on him too. I mean, let's not get crazy. He, you know, he's, he's very good, but there are a, a a good solid probably 15 running backs in the league i might take over him right now so uh, he's, a, he's see... a top 10 he's a top 10 he, running he might back for be, me he, he's pro- he might be between top 15 and top 10 if i wrote out a list but i need to see like the overall consistent production there mm-hmm. which is hard to do given the rest of the roster they have um it's kind of a saquon barkley deal if you know what i mean yeah uh so <laughs> i mean we're, we're limited a bit there but i'm really interested i mean Honestly, if Henry Ruggs can piece some things together this year, that offense will be surprising. 
I really do believe that. That doesn't mean that John, John Gruden's still not going to get canned or shouldn't. Mm-hmm. But I think that it will look a lot better than it did in years past. They have, they do have pieces. It's just about putting them together. Uh, defensively, they're a mess. But, you know, whatever. They're always a mess. Um, they, they're cutting third rounders, you know, the year after they draft them. Um, uh, which, if you're a very good NFL team, I can give you credit for that. If you're a very bad team, I cannot give you credit for that. If the Chiefs cut McCole Hardman, fine, whatever. You're owning up to your mistake. You've got other guys. It's fine. We'll be fine. Not a big deal. Well, you're cutting your, your you know, second day guys from last year already, and you have a roster that is made up of everybody's JVs. Like, that is, that's just not good. You're owning, you're owning up the fact that you're not good at the job. That's what you're doing. I think I saw a stat the other day that like of the first rounders the Raiders have taken over like the last six years only one or two is left I think Henry Ruggs and then I I can't think of another one the one they uh, drafted this year is still on the roster but well, okay, so, te- seatbelt, you know? so, so technically two over the last <laughs> six years right because yeah. they cut another one of their first rounders from a couple years ago this week or last week or something like that yeah um you know for for a GM and Dave Gettleman, who was supposedly Dave Gettleman, right? The yeah. GM? No, 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 no. Uh, Mike Mayock. Mayock, you're right. Mayock, yeah. uh, for a GM who was supposedly a draft expert with the NFL Network, he hasn't drafted very well. And maybe, I don't know, letting John Gruden decide to take second day guys in the first round also hasn't paid off. Alex Leatherwood, again, like we talked about this year, who was a second-day guy who they decided to take in the first round because they thought Kansas City might be interested in him, he's probably not going to make the team next year because we know how it works. Which is Henry Ruggs the year before. Which is exactly why they oh. took Henry Like, I genuinely think Brett Beach just has a go at it the day before the draft. He, like, calls up, like, I don't know, uh, he calls up the star, and he's like, hey, um, <laughs> I'm interested in Alex Adam Teicher. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, calls up Teicher real quick. Like, uh, le- like le- which Al- uh, we we know Mayock and Gruden love the Alabama guys, man. Which which guy can we overrate real quick? Like two hours before the draft, <laughs> we'll just wreck their world, man. <clears throat> man. Like, 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 one hundred percent should have called up Tiger or called up Rappaport and been like, "We're one hundred percent in on getting Tua Tonga Vailoa. Get the Raiders to draft him. <laughs> see if like the Raptors, see if the Raiders trade everything to try and get up to the first round ra- or to the number one pick." Oh, oh man! But that is about it for today's show. We had a fantastic show. We hope to see everyone on Tuesday on the halftime app uh, for Go Run Around Live. It's a fantastic show. We've been actually having a lot of fun with it recently. Uh, really starting to get into the swing of things. And this week we will be doing our first official uh, week, our NFL recap, where we recap the pre- previous weekend's games. Um, we're going to talk a lot about Zach Wilson, I'm sure, and these rookie quarterbacks, as well as probably talk about the Kansas City Chiefs game for too long. Make sure to follow each of us on Twitter. I'm at Byron Borif Smith. That's at Keaton Henry 10. And you can find both of us at Borderfield HQ. Um, thanks again for listening. We will see you guys Tuesday and then again next week.